You're listening to Deal Talk with 7MA, providing invaluable insight into investment banking and the M&A space through honest conversations with industry thought leaders, business pioneers, and innovators. We'll pull back the curtain and give you the inside scoop on trends in our targeted industries and provide you the tools to better position your company in today's market. Good morning to everybody. This is Horacio Generopoulos from Seven Mile Advisors. I'm a managing director of the firm in charge of the Latin American coverage. And I'm very pleased to introduce Mr. Pablo Hernandez. Pablo is the CEO and founder of Ingenia, a Mexican IT company that has been growing fast in the recent years and expects to continue the same pace in the near future. So in this pace, we like to share great stories. And I'm sure that Pablo has a big one to tell us. So let's start from the beginning. So I turn over to you, Pablo, to fully introduce yourself. Horacio, I'm very happy to be here on this amazing podcast with Seven Mile Advisors. You guys have been uh, awesome friends and supporters and believers of Ingenia, and you've been giving us a lot of insights on what's happening on the region and also producing great content. So I'm happy and we're ready to to blast everybody with a great story. That's the story of Ingenia, a company I started when I was 14 years old. And we've been 26 years in business. I'm 42 right now. So it's been quite an exciting ride. And I think it's just beginning. I think I think the best is yet to come. Yes, yes. Could you please tell us a little bit more about how does it feel beginning with this at the age of 14? And how did you first become an entrepreneur? And tell us a little bit more about that. It's very interesting because I have a kid of your age. So uh, again, <laughs> I'd like to try to understand how how to do this with him. Yeah. So, so basically, I have the oldest of seven boys, all boys. My father is Mexican and my mother is British. She was studying Spanish in Mexico and uh, my father made sure that she never went back to England <laughs> and he made her, he married her. I was the first born of seven boys and that always pushed my dad to pull me to work. My dad is an entrepreneur. Uh, he owns a successful chain of language schools in Mexico. And so he would take me to work every day with him and, uh, Every summer I would spend with him working. And one summer, uh, this was back in 1995, Windows 95 had come out and it was a great platform. And it, I was always very computer savvy. I loved playing around with Windows 3.11. You remember that? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> and I knew everything about Windows 3.11. So Windows 95 was a completely different experience. It was more graphical and it had an icon on the desktop that said Internet Explorer. And that's, that's I, I remember my first contact with the Internet. And I was like, I double clicked to see what it was and there was nothing there. And so the guy who was uh, working there for IT told me, oh, this is the internet. Wait, let's get connected. And so we got connected. You are connected to the internet. And three minutes later, everything was so slow. In that time, three minutes later, I saw the first web page and he told me, Pablo, why don't you build the website for the language school? 
And so I started using a program called Hot Dog Editor and coding in pure HTML. I started doing my my experiments and I started seeing what I could do. I started to learn to use the FTP protocol and I started and and so I uploaded the first website for the language school that summer which was if I look at that website I would probably be very ashamed of what it is today. It was it was very funny with animated gifs and and that that changed my life because I was one of the few guys in Mexico who knew how to program websites. So anybody I would find, my dad's lawyer, my dad's architect, the school psychiatrist, the psychologist, anybody I would come in contact with, I would say, hey, you guys need to have a website. And so they would hire me. And I started working in my office, in my little home uh, with my parents. And I started making money building websites. And 26 years later, we have 150 people. I always had the vision of building amazing websites. And I I wanted to build the website for the Mexican Stock Exchange, for Coca-Cola, and for Grupo Bimbo, which is one of the largest bread manufacturers in the world. And it happened. Those three websites became part of over the 1,500 websites that we've built. and. Today, we have clients in Canada, in the main cities in the US, in almost every state in Mexico. We have clients in London. We have clients in Holland. And we are uh, truly on the wake of an enormous growth. I moved into Houston last October of 2020. We've always been selling to many clients in the US in the nearshoring space that have reached out to us to provide them with amazing teams. But today the story is awesome. It's just, it's just been uh, such an interesting couple of months with how the industry has been moving and how the lack of talent in the world is, I mean, you, you come here to the U S and what you, you go to a restaurant and there's only two waiters. There's yeah. a lack of bus drivers. There's a lack of school teachers, nurses, People are having such a hard trouble to hire for almost any position. But when you come to developers, everybody's trying to retain their developers. And I read that Facebook, the lowest wage at Facebook is $264,000 a year. And everywhere you go, money is being poured into digital transformation. The new words are metaverse user experience, robot process automation, right? Data, data engineering, data mining, you know, cryptocurrencies and everybody there's, I read and and don't take me, don't hold me accountable on this number, but think $150 billion were purred in the last 12 months into the IT and venture space for technology. And most of that money is going to go to develop software to run the metaverse, the future, and the transformation of companies, right? Yes, really what we're seeing in the in the space nowadays is really amazing and, and we don't know where it's going to end. So let, let's go a little back uh, to yourself, an entrepreneur. There's a lot that goes in being a business owner, isn't it? in terms of mindset, continual growth, improvement, education. 
what are you doing now to further your, your personal development? I am a growth junkie, Horacio. So yeah. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I am obsessed with bringing out the best version of myself. I know every single human being has unexpressed possibilities inside them, seeking expression. And being a business owner is something that is not for everybody, as well as being a doctor or a brain surgeon or a famous singer or soccer star is not for everybody. I think we all have a unique talent inside and we need to uncover it and discover it. And personal growth is one of the engines that helps us do that. And so I discovered that since I became an entrepreneur that I needed to study every day of my life. And I have read thousands, hundreds of books. My friends can, can tell you that and they can share you that. And I've studied with the best. So back in 2007, I had the chance to study an MBA and I decided not to study an MBA because it was going to take away $100,000 of my money from my company and take away two years of my focus in my company. And so I decided instead to do a coaching program with Michael Gerber, the EMIT coaching program. And that took my company from 12 employees to almost 30. And I discovered that my problem as an entrepreneur was that I was doing absolutely everything. I wasn't delegating enough. And this program taught me the secrets of a business, which are having a vision that everybody knows, and then having systems and processes which you can build on your business to grow without you. And also measuring the key performance indicators of your business, right? So many times when you start a business, you're stuck in the operations. And today I can tell you with a lot of pride that that is not my case and that I am focused on adding the most value where I can do it, which is with vision, execution, execution, and, and taking the company to where it has to go. And everything is mindset. So I've invested money every year in taking courses. I've gone to business mastery with Tony Robbins, which was amazing. I went to the four-day MBA with Keith Cunningham, who wrote a book that I think everybody should read called The Road Less Stupid. I was recently involved in studying six months directly from Bob Proctor in his masterclass. And I am always reading all these books. I mean, right now I'm reading uh, Grow Rich with Peace of Mind by Napoleon Hill, which is an amazing book that he wrote. Everybody knows him for Think and Grow Rich. This is the book he wrote back in 1960s before he died. And it has all the wisdom of everything he learned in his life. And I truly believe if you want to be an entrepreneur, you don't let circumstances control you. You create the circumstances, right? And it's Tony Robbins says that it's 80% mindset, 20% mechanics. I truly believe that. Yeah. And, but we can't leave the fact that you are also an Ironman. So how do you get involved <laughs> with that? And what's the secret uh, to finding the time while running a growth business and also attending to all of these 
continual education course. So I truly believe and I strive every day for balance. When I started my business, I was completely out of balance. I wanted to do everything. Smoking was very popular. So I would smoke a pack of Marlboros every day. It was just it was just a habit. It was socially very, very, very involved. Today, I think it's, I, I quit smoking 12 years ago, or I can't even remember how long it's been. But for me, the it was a way to get out my stress. And I was working 14, 15, 16 hours a day. And the reason was that I was programming, I was hiring, I was the sales guy, I was the HR guy, I was the talent guy, I was the strategy guy, I was even the guy doing the treasury for the company. So it's impossible to grow a business self-handedly. You burn yourself out. I wasn't doing exercise. And so the cigarette was also causing me a lot of problems in my health. I was coughing and so one day out of nothing, I said, I'm never smoking again. I quit smoking and uh, I got married at, when I was 29 years old. And I saw that I started putting on some weight and I've always been very thin. And uh, I, I would exercise maybe twi- two or three times a week. I would do very little mild things. And I decided that I was going to do a triathlon every single year. And I started with a sprint triathlon and that completely changed me. And from there on, then I went on to Olympic triathlons. And back in 2014, when my business had already grown, I was already much more healthier. One of my friends told me that we should do a half Ironman. And how am I going to train for this? And, and he told me, don't, don't, be, don't be a coward. You can do this. And that really hit me. <laughs> And so I decided I was going to do a half an Ironman and I did the first half Ironman. And they say that once you do a long distance event, it's an addiction you never recover from. The adrenaline, the dopamine from running a marathon, from doing an Ironman, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful where you take your mind and your body. And it became a very positive habit. And so now... I have a very powerful morning routine where I try to wake up between 5 and 6 a.m. I listen to my body. I sleep. And I think exercise is the key to burn out stress and to be a better businessman. When you go to the Ironman competitions, people you see there are usually very successful. They are CEOs of companies. They are high executives, or they are just amazing athletes. And becoming an Ironman means that you become very disciplined in your life, very focused. You try to give the best to you being, becoming the best version of yourself. And it's, it, you find the time to become hyperproductive. So something that you could do in one hour, you find ways to do it in half an hour. You start delegate. And the training for an Ironman, the swimming time is thinking time. When I'm in the pool, I'm thinking. Running time is a time to learn or to listen to podcasts or just to think. And so this kind of discipline gives you the ability 
to think more and to take perspective. So I think that the Iron Man with business is a great combination. Yes, I, I like what you said at the beginning, the, the importance of balance in, in your life. But go, going back to our origins, uh, I'm from Argentina and you're from Mexico. So what are the main challenges you faced uh, in Mexico as an entrepreneur? And uh, my second question is, uh, do you think the same challenges could be applied to the rest of the region? I, I think being an entrepreneur in Latin America is really heroic. The challenges you face as a business owner in the region are huge. You have very little access to capital. If my, my friends in the US are like, it's unbelievable that a normal bank loan in Latin America will be 21%, even 30%, even 35%, the cost of money, right? And in Latin America, if you do not have a property which they can lean on for a loan, your access to capital is very limited or extremely expensive. So I never got a bank loan until I was 10 years into business. Everything was organic. The challenges you face in Latin America to start a business are hard access to capital, expensive capital, and also uh, in the US, for example, if somebody does not do a good job, you just say you're fired and they leave. In Mexico, if an employee is stealing from you, he's not doing a good job, you have to pay him a severance package that could cost you up to a year of his salary or at least three months of his salary. And so when I, when I tell my American friends this, they're like, what, really? So you have to fire somebody who's not doing their job and you have to price them. It's the way the law works. So the time to open a business, the time to open a bank account, and, and in recent times, the supports of, of the governments that are worried trying to deal and jungle, juggle with everything that there is, it's just, it makes you tough. It makes you resilient and it gives you a lot of advantages in terms of, of persevering, right? So when people tell me they want to become entrepreneurs in Latin America, we are so supportive of them. And I found so many organizations like Endeavor or the Entrepreneurs Organization that are supporting these entrepreneurs and you find a true fraternity between people who are entrepreneurs. Everybody's, since everybody knows how tough it really is, there's a lot of support. Yes, I, we, we made our, our previous podcast with Ale Robio talking about uh, Endeavor and how supportive these type of organizations are with, with entrepreneurs. And we really need those companies to, to help the rest uh, of the ecosystem. Otherwise, as you said, it's very difficult to, to continue doing business as an entrepreneur in, in our region. But again, on the other side, we, we've seen how, how many unicorns have appeared yeah. in the last couple of years from the regions. That means as we are resilient. Uh, we, we go for the, for, for the objectives. Uh, we know how difficult for us it is. And at the end, there's a reward. And the reward is uh, how successful we are showing the world. Uh, what yeah. uh, we can be in, in, in Latin America. 
But then you moved to, you said, you moved to Texas during Houston. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the idea of being there? Is the next so, step on your business? What were you looking for in state? So before, I just want to close up on an idea. There are bazillions of opportunities in Latin America for business, and it is a land of opportunity, right? Yes, there is. are. So if you want to become an entrepreneur in that region, just go for it. You know, you have to have the skin of an armadillo and you have to be obsessed with your vision. Nothing is impossible. You can create whatever business you want anywhere in the world. And every place has its challenges. Some places have the bigger the challenge, the bigger the reward, right? So, yeah. so that's it. Yeah. And so my, over the last 15 years, my website has always been in English. I, I was uh, fortunate to marry an American. My wife is American. So are my three kids. And I myself, I'm right now in the process of also applying for a, becoming a U.S. citizen. And I will be very proud to be a global citizen of the world. And this is interesting, you know, because when I, I was lucky enough to study in the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. And uh, when I was there, I learned that that is the place where Mosaic was invented. And Mosaic is the language, the platform on which Internet Explorers, Chrome, Netscape, they run on that. It's, it's the language that converts HTML code into a website. So it was awesome to study in, in, in the university where this was created. And since I came back, I always had my website in English. So I've been working with companies in the U.S. that wanted to have access to talent in, in Mexico for many, many years. And I've since 15 years, I had clients in San Francisco. I worked with clients in New York. I worked with clients in Dallas, Cincinnati, and we were helping them. And uh, I would always bring them down to Mexico City, take them to the best restaurants in Mexico. And they were always amazed. They were like, wow, Mexico is really, truly awesome. And so we started growing our business there. And in 2015, we decided to open an entity in Washington, D.C., and we did it with a local partner and we started visiting our clients in global clients in Mexico and the U S and what we heard was we want you to be more established in the U S before we can give you more business. Right? So we invested a significant amount of money to make that happen. And we grew. And then at the end, it didn't work out with, with the person that we had chosen. We both decided to part separate ways. And uh, we continued to sell in the U.S., but I knew that the only way that this would really grow was that I was the one that had to come to the U.S., right? I was the one that had to be here with the passion I have for my company, with being able to do the personal connections, because I truly believe that to grow a business, the most important thing is trust and building trust. And the best way to build trust is by showing who you really are and also your track record, your reputation, and your, your values as a, as a business, the best way to transmit them is always going to be face-to-face. -face. People can feel your energy, even if it's on Zoom, right? 
I've, I've learned the last 20 months that I've made really great friends and really truly connections with people over the world through Zoom, which is, which is great. But I decided that I was going to come here, that I was going to do it. It was a life project. And with COVID, it gave me the courage to become a fully remote company. I was always a little bit reluctant about, we had a beautiful office in Mexico City with amazing conference rooms. And, you know, you would go in and there would be 12 television screens with everything that was happening in the world, in the, in the Twitter space and Facebook space. And everybody, the office was completely open and everybody would interact. And I was very reluctant of the home office model. But it turns out that our people are more productive they moved from Mexico City to Monterey, Cancun, San Miguel de Allende. I myself came to Houston and then we started growing. And the quality of life of our people went up so much that when we made a stat of who wants to go back to the office, nobody. Out of 150 people, they all said, our life is so much better. We exercise more. We sleep better. We're less stressed. We do miss interactions but we are more productive. And so me coming into the US, opening a corporation and, and just meeting with our new clients face-to-face, -face, growing some, some we don't even know face-to-face, -face, but the ones that we have established face-to-face, -face, our, our business is growing so much, being able to go out to lunch with them and, and just connecting on the human side has really been the key for our business in the US to to reach the next level. So what it took me seven years to build in Mexico, I built it in 10 months in the US. It's just amazing the opportunities that, that are here. Okay, so, so let, let's go back a little bit to, to engineer. We always talk to, to our clients about five key valuation drivers. That is scale, revenue growth, gross profit, IP and technical capabilities. Are there any of these that you prioritize or do you focus on each of them having a place in your current business plan? So Ingenia has been named the best digital marketing agency in Mexico for two years in a row, 2020 and 2019. And we're striving to make that happen in 2021. We have a core of technology. We've programmed over 500 apps we are CMMI level four company. We've invested in hiring the best technical talent. And we are also really good at design and bringing lots of traffic and qualified traffic and running social media campaigns. So we are a very unique company in the sense that we understand the technical side of security, of programming, of data, of mining, of AI. And on the other hand, we are really good at design, at storytelling, at creating. Just last year, we created 40,000 hours of video, 2 billion interactions on social media, and millions of lines of code. So that puts us in a very unique position to attract amazing talent and to scale. So the five pillars for uh, strategic value that, that you guys shared with me, I, I put them in our business plan. So we are all 
about growing our sales. We are developing IP around attracting talent and attracting the greatest talent. I think the name of the game in the next 20 years is who has the capacity to attract the smartest people to work for them, right? doesn't matter where in the world they are. And we are really focused on growth with great quality, on serving clients and adding massive value. So I, I really love those pillars. And I would say, yeah, scale is very important for us. Uh, right now, we're in a, in a position where we are really lucky to have many conversations with amazing clients that need, need a lot of help. We're growing our relationships with many, many businesses that where we see we can really add value. And I, I was just, uh, digital transformation is really interesting. So we like to help clients always think five years ahead. And so I was just with a client yesterday that is taken a process that would take five hours to do to 86 seconds with RPA. But they have over, over 53 software as a service platforms. So they have a lot of data over there. And so the art now is you're working on digital transformation, but also how do you work on synchronicity, right? How do you make the life of the people working with you easier? So how do you consolidate all your data when you have it outside in many parts of the world in different SAS platforms, right? And how do you make intelligent decisions that will make you competitive and survive? Because no company has a guarantee that they'll be around to do business in the next five years, right? Only the ones that are continually improving and accelerating. So if a company can reduce a process that was taking them five hours to 86 seconds, and those five hours of those employees over the year are, it's time for innovation, for customer service. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing at Ingenia. We're bringing the power of digital transformation into this. And We've learned so much, and I want to share this with the people who listen to this podcast, but we've learned the power of video. We have landing pages that have no video. People spend 30, 40 seconds there. You have a good video with good storytelling. People will spend up to eight minutes on your page. So I love learning the marketing side of sales and combining it with the power of technology. I think, I think this is the new breed of companies that we are seeing that are companies that are technologically capable. But I mean, at Ingenia, we have like solid developers, but then we have great storytellers. And when you put them to work together on a project with a great designer, the results are explosive. Yeah, this is the key yeah. for success, I guess. Yeah. So I, I know that you have planned to accelerate your business over the next year. So how will an investor potentially play into that? Oh, let me tell you something, Horacio. My first 25 years, I was all about reinvesting into my company by myself. And I was 
highly, highly excited in the venture capital world. I created a, a division of my company called Ingenia Ventures, where all of the profits that I had in Ingenia, I would invest them in startups. And so we had we had everything, you know, we had startups where we lost the money we invested and we've had a couple of exits. We created with one of our clients, we created a shoe store and we were selling shoes online. That was very successful. We had a good exit with them. Recently, we had a, a company selling on Amazon and we had an, a, a good exit too. But today, my focus now is investing everything in our growth. We, we stopped investing outside. And I realized that even that is not enough. And so if, if you're an entrepreneur and you really want to scale a company, you need outside help and in the form of smart money. So right now, with the help of Seven Mile, we've been opening a lot of conversations because I really do believe we are at a point where smart money will take us to the next level, right? And scaling organically to the speed of where we want to go is not enough. We cannot do it alone. And so we're, we're generous. No? We're willing to share this ride with whoever wants to share it with us. And I do believe that, that uh, the next years will be very interesting. My vision is to create 7,000 jobs with, with this platform. And I think it's completely attainable. Actually, every morning I, I say it to myself, I visualize myself there. And for me, it's the passion of putting that great talent to work for, for a better world. So if we can, if we can help companies that have a purpose driven to, to make the planet a better with technology, we want to be a part of that story. I mean, it, and it's a lot of it's a lot of stories, you know. And creating jobs in the U.S., in, in the world, in Latin America, for me, it's, it's a, it, it brings me a lot of passion. You know, when I see all of these talented people uh, over the world here in the U.S., in Mexico, in Colombia, in Argentina, Peru, Uruguay, Brazil, London, I mean, just everywhere, we just want to attract those amazing people and put them to, to when we die, this place is a better place because the technology we built added value to the world. Yeah. So, Pablo, Pablo, thank you. Thank you very much for, for your sharing with us. You know that investors do not only invest in ideas, they, they invest in talented people. I'm sure if I had enough money to invest in you, uh, I, I would do that. Uh, <laughs> you would be very successful. Uh, I'm sure about that. So, Pablo, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing your story and all the time you dedicated it this morning with us. We oh, really well, appreciate it. And, and again, we have no doubt that the market will also reward you uh, for your effort and, and for your passion. So I, hope you I enjoy the time it. as much as we <laughs> do. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really enjoy uh, Horacio. We've never met in person. You're one of those guys that we connected immediately through Zoom. We've met over 20 times now. Yeah. And uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And I, I love the, the talented people. Um, everybody I've met at Seven Mile, and I've said this, it's awesome. You guys understood the new economy uh, of the world is about sharing content and telling stories. And this podcast is a great platform. And I love receiving your newsletters and listening to the stuff you do. So 
keep it up too. Okay. Thank you very much again. Hope to meet you in person. Next time I, I'll be in Houston for sure. I will stay very there and I'm sure awesome. a, a beer with you. So thank you very much again. And a good steak. Yes, sir. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Deal Talk with 7MA. You'll find more information and resources based on today's discussion exclusively on our website. If you're looking to dive deeper into today's topics, head to 7mileadvisors.com to speak to one of our bankers today. That's the number 7, M-I-L-E-A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S.com. 7M Securities does not make any investment recommendation for any company or security that was discussed, nor does the firm offer any tax advice. Consult your tax advisor for any tax matter that might apply to you or your business. 